This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ah, yes, the magnificent Trolley Sourbright Crawler, also known as Trollicus brightolus. The worm's captivating neon colour makes it an easy gummy prey. Trolley! It's a surprisingly sour, invitingly chewy, staggeringly snackable species unlike anything else found on this planet. Eat me! Delicious. Visit trolley.com to shop now. Trolley, eat me! If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hi, this is Janine, host of the Olive Magazine podcast. You're listening to episode three of our special vegan theme series. In this episode, I chat to Olive's deputy food editor, Adam Bush, who shares some of his favorite global cuisines for cooking naturally vegan dishes, including some brilliant Indian, Japanese and Middle Eastern recipes. Welcome back to the podcast, Adam. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, actually. Yeah, not too bad about yourself. Good, thanks. Um, I thought I'd get you in today as our deputy food editor and um, recipe expert um, to talk about cuisines which are naturally um, good bedfellows with vegan food mm. because none of the cuisines we're talking about today are specifically vegan, but yeah. they do kind of align themselves to vegan cooking quite well just because of the flavorings and the techniques and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so to kick off with, I thought I'd just remind you of a podcast that you did with, um, with Romy Gill, who's a brilliant um, Indian chef and food writer. And you did it on episode 187. You caught up with her to talk about her book, Zyka, which you wrote about vegan food. Can you tell us a bit more about that and the sort of hints and tips you got from her? Yeah, so I went to meet um, Romy. Uh, she actually was doing like a little pop-up vegan menu um, at a restaurant. She kindly invited me down to it and I had a little chat with after. Um, yeah, and she basically um, just told me about, she's basically, Zyka's like a whole vegan um, book from recipes um, from India. Um, and she basically was telling me about how in her upbringing, meat was like a complete rarity. Mm. And it was like a real special occasion thing. So like day-to-day -day food was just 
like what I like to call accidentally vegan or veggie. You know, it's not yeah. really like you don't intend to set out to be vegan or veggie. It's just kind of like the, the natural order natural, of yeah. how, how, it, how it comes to you. Um, so really, uh, she learned really early on how to like make the most of, of veg. And I think um, that's probably the case for a, a lot of cultures around the world. Um, and she, she talked a lot about like the seasonality of even you know, in, in India, the food. And that's something that she celebrates um, massively in Britain. So that's kind of like her book is kind of like taking um, the Indian cookery knowledge that she grew up with and then sort of turning it on its head onto sort of British seasonal ingredients and really uh, encouraging people to, to champion, champion like seasonal British veg. Yeah, and I mean, we obviously, I know you're a huge fan of Indian food as well as I am mm. and do, do quite a lot of that, that type of cooking. Mm. Um, what sort of things would you like take from that to use? I mean, what sort of, um, what sort of techniques and flavorings are you using in your recipe development? Um, well, I think, like, I mean, if you take, like, the, the, the classic dal, really, it's like yeah. you take something really humble, like the, the, the yellow split lentil, and it's yeah. just cooked pretty simply in water with a bit of turmeric and a bit of salt. And that's, like, the base of the recipe. And it's actually, like, you know, it's pretty plain, pretty bland. But then what with the tarka, which is what you put on top, it's, like, you make this, like, really spiced, um, you sort of crispy garlic, ginger, chilies, loads of whole spices. And that's how, you like, you really just inject it with mm. with absolutely bags of flavor and really they're kind of a lot of sort of store cover cover the ingredients they're not expensive but it's like a really quick win easy win to sort of just ramp up the flavor and turn something which could be quite plain a bit bland yeah. and really transform it into something which is utterly delicious and i think that's really like what i take a lot from indian cooking is sort of the transforming of those basic might be chickpeas or lentils or you know like spinach or anything like that and really just enlivening it and bringing it all to life and making it really flavoursome with like just a few spices and a few obviously yeah. I'm, I'm playing down spices but like you know store covered ingredients yeah I think as well when you think about if you were ordering sort of like an Indian takeaway you could probably go to the the veg section and order an amazing spread you know, of stuff, whether it's like aloo gobi mm. or, you know, like you said, a sort of sog or you know, the, lo lots of this kind of mush mushroom bhajis, that kind of thing. So I think naturally there's a lot to be got from that kind of cuisine, you know, and you, yeah. could, you could probably eat like a huge spread with some rice and breads and not be missing anything at all and not even, it, again, it wouldn't you wouldn't even, even be using any kind of substitutes. It would just be natural veg based yeah absolutely like um it, even down one of my local um uh indian restaurants called sagar in hammersmith basically when you order um a tali or whatever you kind of get a little bit so you kind of yeah. it's like you get a smorgasbord you're not just having like one big bowl of dal with some taka on it you get like a bit of dal a bit of like pumpkin curry a bit of spinach and i think that that variety in the way they eat really lends itself to vegetarian mm. and vegan cooking because i think Sometimes you might be, it could be a little bit monotonous to just eat one, you know, eating a big bowl of cauliflower might be by the end, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a bit much. But, you know, that sort of way of just having like turning a few small, smaller yeah. vegetarian or vegan dishes just it like, you know, keeps the palate. Multi dishes, just keep yeah. hopping from one to the other and keep yeah, it lively yeah. in yourself. The other That's interesting that. thing I think that came out of that is um, I was thinking about our, our vegan columnist, um, Monica Gowarden, and we mm. did a podcast about the secrets to Indian cooking. And um, one thing we talked about was using um, 
things which are which are not creamy, to, like which are not dairy based, to get creaminess. Mm. So things like you know cashew nuts, coconut milk, and gram flour to thicken sauces and add cream. Um, and all of these things have become like quite trendy on the vegan yeah. scene, but they've but they've been super traditional in Indian cooking for for centuries, basically. Mm. So so there's a lot of that stuff that we can kind of pick up from from different cuisines as you know as we're like cooking our way through them um i'm going to give a shout out to japanese cooking um you might not think of it instantly as vegan friendly but i did a, a fascinating podcast with tim anderson tim's got a japanese restaurant in brixton called namban and he's written four amazing books on japanese cookery and we got together to talk about his last book which was vegan japanese and he said he kind of found himself you know because he's got a lot of knowledge of Japanese food um he found himself sort of accidentally cooking these dishes and thinking oh hang on a minute this is vegan and he said the only thing he found difficult was um you probably know that dashi which is a kombu bonito stock Mm -hmm. that makes up the base of many Japanese dishes is um is the basis of quite a lot of Japanese um recipes but mm. once you crack once you crack that which he did mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. using um the dried kombu because that's dried seaweed so that was yeah. fine and then he added kind of mushroom soy miso to build up different flavors yeah he said he found actually it was quite easy to you know to translate quite a lot of things and yeah. and if you think about a lot of japanese food anyway i mean that kind of that really umami soy the miso yeah. the dried mushrooms it, it it just lends itself perfectly to vegan cooking. Yeah, absolutely. It's like um, they're really good at yeah. Like it's, it's. I think it's what what we're kind of getting at. It's these things that can really ramp up flavour and turn yeah. something the ordinary into something extraordinary. Whether that be um, you know some some spices or a piece of seaweed, which you wouldn't think is going to impart that much flavour. You smell it, or you know, but then you you make a beautiful stock with some mushrooms, and you think mm. you know in that final layer. If you think about like layering and cooking, you know that on its own kind of all right but you kind of build that into dishes with loads of other things and you realize that you've got a really deep um savory um dish without without too much work as well i know and i think what what tim said and what we talked about was how the the umami flavor that kind of you know that kind of really elusive deeply savory flavor exists in nature quite a lot mm-hmm. in all mm-hmm. of the you know wh- whether it's in fermenting or whether it's in mushrooms or whether it's in something like seaweed mm-hmm. you know it's like the earth kind of provides it in it in a natural form somewhere we kind of you know it, it doesn't always have to come from meat products um and talking about deep flavors mm-hmm. i know you're a huge fan of middle eastern flavors and you've got tons of recipes online involving harissa tahini pomegranate molasses that kind of vibe that's another really great starting point isn't it i can see you're smiling at me i know that this is a particular favorite of yours it is i i i I do it yeah i've always got harissa in my fridge like i don't you know i think you keep it in the fridge well it's always in our fridge um but yeah (laughs) harissa is basically just like a really deep kind of smoky chili paste but not like it's not as like fiery as you think it's just really mellow and it's got floral notes and you know it's it's just it's just a really really good way of 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 putting flavor into things um yeah i've written loads of recipes um, we'll talk about a few recipes in a bit but the the whole roast collie uh, yeah. cauliflower and with um i did like a warm hummus so you kind of instead of you think hummus is like cold with with potato chips or whatever what am i, talking about? <laughs> I don't know why i said Pitta, potato chips. Pitta crisps, crisps. <laughs> 
<laughs> just crisps. It's um, for the American market. Know, yeah, yeah, that's the, all, the, all the Americans, I did that for you. Um, yeah, but you kind of make it a little bit more saucy, so you kind of add a bit of, um, not chicken stock, any, kind, any other kind of stock, but chicken stock, like vegetable stock or water, <laughs> and then heat it up. Um, and yeah, it's just like really smooth and silky. And then, yeah, some harissa in that is really, it's really cool. But yeah, I love Middle Eastern food. Um, I love, I love all the veggies with that, like baba ganoush, obviously. Yeah. Where, where would we be without baba ganoush? I think a lot of the, it, it aligns itself with a lot of great sort of meat, you know, meaty veg. Like, mm. so things like aubergines, squash, root veg that you get in tagines and stews. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously chickpeas feature and yeah. beans and, and then you've got you know as you said flatbreads and then your spicy sauces like the zoog and the harissa mm-hmm. so again mm-hmm. it really lends itself to that kind of multi-dish way of eating where you can just be picking all sorts of little bits bring in yeah. like a bit of fresh salad and you can make an Im- incredible vegan spread from that you know a kind of meze type thing and yeah. again um the blends that are out there now sort of yeah. spice blends like baharat and razal hanout and like dukkha for sprinkling it on again, mm-hmm. you can just pick them up and sort of make a plate of <clears throat> veggies, maybe tossing some oil and then a bit of sprinkle of that on top and you immediately start like jizzing it up. So yeah, I, think that, I think that's another great one to kind of explore as, as a particular type of cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we'd move on. And, and if you could, with your um, food editor hat on, if you could give us some like quick wings for creating super flavored vegan dishes so just just a few little tips and hints little te- tips. techniques yeah um, marinating i think we associate it so much with like you know meat but you can mm. marinate um like anything like say if you're gonna if you're gonna do some like roasted cauliflower for dinner you could definitely get that in early with like all the spices and in the oil and like smashed garlic cloves or whatever it's definitely mm. gonna gonna really help get that flavor in um if you're doing like a uh, cauliflower steaks or celeriac steaks or even mushrooms um and and you can even marinate um after things have been cooked you know i think about like roasted peppers and putting them in oil with like some coriander seeds and some thyme and you're really going to help um yeah get beautiful flavor in and it sucks it all up doesn't it that's the thing about marinating afterwards is it's kind of warm and it 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 absorbs all of the flavors into it yeah it's like Particularly if you've, if you've sort of grilled anything and got that mallard reaction and sort of got that char on it, if you marinate after as well, it's kind of dry and it kind of, and then if you put it into something, it kind of just nicely relaxes. And if you put yeah. flavours into that, yeah, it's just going to, it's just going to suck it all up and make it delish. Reverse, is reverse marination the technical exactly. term for that? <laughs> did, I make, did I just make that up? <laughs> no, no, that's you. You need to trademark that. But once we finish it, we're going to trademark that. Stick around to hear more great vegan recipe inspiration from Adam. what about something like tofu because that is just we we've mentioned it probably in every podcast we've done in this series what's Mm. your top tips for getting the best out of that because i think people still find it a bit of a slippery little fella to yeah i think first buy the right one because there are silken and and firm tofu and i've heard a few people speak to me recently about accidentally buying the wrong one because um silken and firm tofu are very different um, used with a completely different thing. And if I t- I, for most savoury cooking, you'd want firm. And right. a good way um, is to firm, you know, well, to take it home and firmly, try and firm it up even more so you can press it because actually it's kept in liquid and it's got quite a lot of liquid inside it. So you can press it um, and then power, like basically just put some cans of um, 
beans or whatever on top and that'll just help get all of the, the liquid out which then when you go to cook it will make it um basically be even more crispy because you've drained all that moisture out so as you put it in the pan it's not the, it's not going to like leach out into the pan and that'll help you get really crisp tofu because i think that's a big thing for people is that they want that sort of textural thing a bit like if you're gonna you know cri- make fajitas or something you want like crispy chicken it's like that yeah. same sort of thing um a good tip is to toss it in corn flour as well nice. and then um helps sort of build up a natural crust when you cook it yeah um again you can marinate it so it's, it's really it is you know it's really good at soaking up flavors um and i also love smoked tofu um yeah. something i discovered a couple of years ago and I'm almost, I don't know why I would ever eat normal tofu after it. It's just got like, it's got so much more flavor. You know, it's obviously got like an oak or like wood smoked flavor. It's just got so many layers to it. Um, yeah, it's really, really nice. And a bit of texture. Cool. Mm. And you mentioned seasoning there, but you, you, I mean, seasoning is key, isn't it? You just don't, don't put your veg into a steamer or water without giving it a little bit of help. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, something that you kind of is often overlooked potentially is seasoning is, is you know if you if, like if you want good roasties you want to season your water really well or if you're blanching cauliflower to then have with your dinner make sure there's a really good pinch of salt in there because you will actually naturally lightly season the food and make it even more delicious um, and a good thing i think always to have is some flaky sea salt because um you know finishing like a griddled courgette or something with some flaky sea salt just I mean, completely transforms it or um, like roasted, anything roasted cauliflower, that little salty crunch, those little hits, like really, really make um, veg, veg more, more exciting. It's quite nice as well to kind of cook. You know how there's a classic um, carrot recipe, uh, what's it called? Um, you'll remember the name. Where you Lichy. kind of cook, yeah, you cook the carrots and you cook the carrots in stock and th- in, in butter. But obviously if you're vegan, if you cook them in a bit of vegetable stock and then add... I don't know, a bit of like a little bit of um, uh, vegan butter at the end mm-hmm. for richness or coconut oil or something, mm-hmm. but allowing the vegetable to kind of soak up all of those flavors. Mm-hmm. And you can add stuff to the stock as well. So the vegetables, again, soak that in. I think that's yeah. a really nice way of, you know, braising and mm-hmm. um, getting that, packing the extra flavor into fresh veg too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then another good one, well, not a good one, I think we've talked about it all the way through, basically is, boxing clever so i i i like to have loads of my store cupboard obviously i work in yeah. food so my store cupboard is pretty um packed with stuff but i think having things like miso gojujang a nice olive oil and flaky sea salt soy like a good soy sauce good mm. vinegars um you know vegan doesn't have to mean it's boring it doesn't have to be like boiled for you know stuff you can you can yeah. all these things can transform dishes um that yeah that, that make them really exciting you know if you can find them carving curry leaves in your freezer um, yeah. To be able to use the fresh ones as opposed to dried make a huge difference. Um, you know, cumin seeds, smoked paprika, all these things. Um, so that, like in your arsenal of things to make veg just absolutely like superheroes. I think the, v- the freezer is a really good show because I use it to keep curry leaves, lime leaves for Thai cooking. Mm-hmm. And then things like um, scotch bonnet chilies that mm-hmm. they're on always available in the, in the supermarkets. But when I get them, I freeze them. They freeze really well. Yeah. And then you can always just put your hands on something, you know, you can, and you can freeze them in very small, like, boxes or, you know, mm-hmm. reusable bags and just keep mm-hmm. them in there. Um, so it's not like you have to pack out, like, two kilos of chilies into your freezer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but I agree with all of the, the store cupboard stuff. And maybe, you know, if you buy Harissa for a recipe, 
then obviously we've got olivemagazine.com, we've got our sister site, bbcgoodfood.com. If you just type in Harissa into the search bar, that'll yeah. give you not just the recipe you've just made, but it'll give you 20 other recipes so you can, and you've still got half a jar left. So maybe try a different recipe down the line and just sort of try and add to your repertoire week by week until mm -hmm. you've got like a big stack of recipes to go for basically. Yeah. And I think for like speaking of repertoires, just trying a few more vegetables, like different types, you know, if, mm. if, if you are going to like have a little foray into being vegan or vegetarian, variety is a spice of life. So, you know, don't just, if you, if you know, if you're just going to eat potatoes and peas the whole time, then you're obviously going to get bored. But I love potatoes know, and peas though. <laughs> I mean, true. I mean, you're talking to the, I mean, I suppose I said that to the, to the wrong people, didn't I really? Because we eat a lot of potatoes and peas, but you know, go, go if you can, you know, there's like, just try and find some more. I think it's a nice idea. It, it is a nice idea. We actually, you know, not, not just as vegans, but we could all do with doing a bit more, um, seasonal eating and trying mm -hmm. things that are out when i mean i i'm quite i'm happy with kale now i'm good with kale but <laughs> but i did get a veg box the other week and i found yeah. it i did find the kind of a, a couple of things a bit challenging sort of white cabbage once i'd done coleslaw with white cabbage i was like what else can i do with this um and i'm not a big fan of sort of jerusalem artichokes but you know it's like you said there's lots of resource online and we should be like pushing ourselves to to like move out of our vegetable comfort zone and mm. go for something a little bit more um, fun, I guess. Yeah, um, and, and as we were saying about um, the search function on both BB's Good Food and Olive Magazine, is if you do pick up like a kohlrabi, say, yeah. uh, off the top of your head, if you can spell it, then put it into the search bit of, um, <laughs> of Olive Mag or Good Food, because I can never spell it right. And I think even if you spell it wrong, it'll come up. But then again, <laughs> loads of recipes will, um, will come up for that certain veg or beetroot or if you've got fresh beetroot as opposed to backpacked cooked yeah. ones or yeah it's always kohlrabi isn't it <laughs> i've actually had kohlrabi for my dinner so what did you do with it um so well my my fiance also works in food so she's done some sort of thai salad thing with it oh nice lovely mm. crisp um so let's move on to talk about some recipes that you've chosen you mentioned your whole roast cauliflower with warm harissa just tell yeah. us how you do the cauliflower because i think this is really interesting that it's, it is roasted whole so it does take a little bit of time how do you prep it um you really give it a bit of um bit of love so you, you know you make like a sort of oily paste with uh, ground coriander turmeric cumin chili powder and then yeah basically loads of like some loads of flaky sea salt and then really almost build like a, a crust of spice oh, around nice. it which sort of does two things one's flavoring obviously and two it kind of protects it and yeah. it will sort of get a little bit charred without burning um, yeah. and sort of yeah kind of protects like the, the flesh of the cauliflower a little bit and then it's as simple as basically put, putting it into the um oven uh, as if you're roasting at some kind of chicken like or whatever joint. you kind of yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. or a joint and then yeah you, you're just you're at, at 180 fan um for sort of an hour and 15 um until it's tender and the good thing about cauliflower is that it kind of will steam on the way in so inside yeah. or outside you'll have this like beautiful sort of crust. really spicy crust and then inside is this kind of really delicate steamed um cauliflower which is is really beautiful i think that recipe um might have been inspired by um or or maybe it wasn't but i think i remember years ago that berber and q did this whole roasted cauliflower yeah. which was everywhere wasn't it berber and q yeah. is like a famous they do everything on grit open grills and mm. stuff so so they kind of that, that idea of 
I guess you, in the summer you can barbecue it if you've got yeah. like a kettle barbecue and you can pull the hood down mm -hmm. and let it sort of, and the, it lends itself to that. Um, also, I've seen recipes where, I think we might have one, where you, with the spices, you add a bit of yogurt, so you get yeah. even more of a crust. But you could mm -hmm. do that, it, obviously, if you're vegan, you can do that with coconut yogurt. Yeah. Um, not whole. Um, moving on to a, a nice Japanese-inspired recipe that you wrote, which is the veggie katsu curry. Basically, quite a clever little thing, actually. So, obviously, with... Um, when you want to breadcrumb something, obviously you can't use eggs when you're vegan. Yeah. So um, this one you actually use is um, coconut yogurt. And so you get mm. your, you cut your um, tofu into nice little sort of slices. Yeah. Um, and then you sort of dredge it through the um, coconut yogurt and then into the um, breadcrumbs. And that gives you a sort of really nice thick coating for then when you cook them, you get like that real crispy shell. Um, and do you flour it first before the coconut yogurt? Yes, you do. Sorry, yeah, that's my, you that's need to stick to, I was going to say, because it would, because um, I think with all like um, breadcrumbing, it's like flour, then a sticky thing, then yeah. a dry thing, isn't it? Which yeah. kind of like binds it to the, um, yeah. And you, you've done exactly. a really nice um, classic katsu curry sauce as well, which, you know, you can use for all sorts of things. How, how do you put that together than the katsu curry sauce? Um, so really, it's basically just, um, as all katsu curries, a kind of um, carrot and onion at the start base. Mm. Um, sweat that down. Uh, and then just garlic, ginger, um, curry powder. So like yeah. proper, um, like medium curry powder, some veg stock, and then just whizzing it. And then I put a little bit of soy sauce and honey in that one. But obviously, you could you could use agave syrup or something like that um, to give it just that little bit of sweetness because it's always got that sort of balance. Yeah, it's edge. kind of like a 70s curry, isn't it? Sort of like really yeah, mild definitely. with using curry powder. It's great. Um, and also, I was thinking mm -hmm. earlier that you could, you could do, you know, you talked about your collie steaks or your celeriac steaks mm -hmm. or your aubergine steaks you could do exactly the same thing with them if you weren't going to mm -hmm. use tofu you know you could you could breadcrumb them deep fry them or shallow fry them until they're really nice and tender and then yeah. serve that with a katsu sauce as well which would be yeah, lovely lush. yeah yeah lush um and just to say this has got honey in it so i guess we would use we would just use a, a different little sweetener in there yeah. like some agave syrup or something like that yeah. to make it truly yeah. vegan um and oh last of all you have got, oh, I was just going to mention um, Monica's vegan biryani because this is... Mm. Oh, yes, this great, was unreal. Yeah, and actually somebody recently said it was one of their favourite recipes and she kind of worked quite hard on this because um, in biryani cooking, a lot of times you would, you would layer up with ghee. Um, so she wanted to kind of get that richness, but obviously not use the butter. So... Mm. Um, she actually experimented with using dairy-free spreads, which, which worked really, really well because they've got a kind of richness to it mm -hmm. and used dairy-free yogurt as well. Yeah, and the good thing about this is in, instead of meat, um, you've, she actually uses chana dal, which mm -hmm. is um, a split uh, chickpea, mm -hmm. the, the mid middle off, and, um, and that's soaked. And then that's cooked in kind of spices and then you layer that up with the, the rice, you know, layering in between with the yogurt and the lots of different herbs and stuff and baked in the oven as you would a normal biryani. Mm -hmm. And it's just absolutely delicious. And it's so satisfying to eat as well. Because I think, again, going back to Indian, the mix of kind of pulses and rice mm -hmm. is a cornerstone of Indian cooking because mm -hmm. it just gives you some kind of like real satisfaction. 
yeah. you know, having that like protein, but like with that little carb as well. So, mm-hmm. so that's a great one to look out for. That's the vegan biryani. Yeah. So some absolutely brilliant recipes there, Adam. Um, yeah. And I think if anybody wants to find those ones, they can find them on olivemagazine.com along with loads of vegan inspiration. But um, thanks for coming to chat to us today and all of the inspiration. That was brilliant. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. If you want to listen to the other episodes in this special vegan series or explore more of our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, you'll find us on all the main platforms and at our website, olivemagazine.com, where you'll also find tons of useful recipes and some great cooking advice.